0: Welcome to a special series of Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. To recognize both the 50th anniversary of Earth Day and, April being National Poetry Month, this series features poems by five Maine-based poets. Each day's reading and conversation show how nature informs and inspires both art and action. In this episode, you'll hear Nobleboro-based poet Gary Lawless as he reads his poem, Head of Tide.
1: I'm Gary Lawless, I live in Nobleboro, Maine, and I co-own Gulf of Maine Bookstore in Brunswick, Maine. I will read Head of Tide, which is a poem about Belfast, Maine, where I was born and where I grew up. What is happening here? Here where the gentle stream murmurs its song on and on. Here where sunlit leaves turn in the breeze. Here are stone walls and apple trees look to the past and the water the water all the way to the bay. Everything happens here. Here where the mosses come to tell their stories, resting on rock, on granite outcrop. Here where the kingfishers fly home. Here where hemlock breathes, where fern and iris rest along the river. Everything, everything happens here.
0: Thank you so much for that beautiful reading. Could you please describe the particular place? I know you mentioned this is about Belfast.
1: Head of the Tide is a place in Belfast at sort of the head of the Pasagasawakag River, which no one ever knows how to pronounce. And it's it's the highest point that the tide reaches, uh, reaching inland. And it's a place where people used to go to go fishing. And My, my parents took me there to go fishing. There's a railroad bridge you can fish off. And when my parents died, they wanted to have their ashes spread in the bay. So Beth and I kayaked up to the head of the tide and tried to time it so that it was just about high tide. And then we put their ashes in the water so they would go out and sort of travel the whole watershed. And now the place where we spread the ashes, the land alongside that piece, um, is now protected by Coastal Mountains Land Trust. So it will always be uh, this beautiful, unspoiled place. So the poem is actually celebrating the place that's protected by the Coastal Mountains Land Trust. So it's a really good reminder of the natural world and what there is. And people can go and walk there. And I can go and say hi to my parents. Instead of giving money to undertakers and funeral potters and stuff, uh, we gave it to the land trust to go into the protection of that piece of land. So it felt like even in their passing, they were doing something to protect the town they loved.
0: Well, you had shared with me a post that you had written about the poem itself. You wrote, we wondered how the shore of the river near the head of the tide, where we had just been, could still be so green, so lovely and without humans.
1: You know, I've been away from Belfast for 30 years, so I, I, you know, I didn't know really what had happened there. I wondered why is it still, why aren't there houses? It's waterfront. You know, this is Maine <laughs> and it, you know and it empties basically into Penobscot Bay or right? just you know just a few hundred yards from there you're on Penobscot Bay and there's this beautiful view out towards Islesboro and it's you know it's it's a really gorgeous bay these it, it wasn't when i was growing up there it wasn't a gorgeous bay it was a chicken processing town so the bay was not lovely it did not smell good but now it's full of pleasure boats maybe not this summer but uh, it's you know it's this thriving, healthy bay. It's, it's actually has come back. Alewives are coming back and salmon are coming back. So it's, it's, you can celebrate positive things, which is good for Earth Day.
0: I'm curious to know, you know, in what ways do you find that the natural world and, you know, specifically the nature of Maine informs your poetry or informs your creative process?
1: The spur of my poetry came out from growing up on Penobscot Bay in Belfast and celebrating the natural world. And those, the poets and storytellers and singers who talked about connections with the natural world were the people in whom I was most interested. So it's always, I'm not saying all poetry has to be about the natural world, but the poetry that I'm most interested in expresses human connectivity with the natural world. If we only do that one day a year on Earth Day, it, you know, it's it's. I'm one of those people that thinks every day should be Earth Day. And I remember the first Earth Day. I was in college in, in, in Waterville at Colby during the first Earth Day. So I've been celebrating it since it began.
0: Could you tell me more about your memories of the first one?
1: <laughs> well, uh, it was spring. I was at college. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Uh, <laughs> I just I just remember that it was this wonderful idea where we were all going to celebrate our connections to the earth and celebrate John Muir's birthday. I mean basically they were simultaneous events. So so we were celebrating the beginnings of the conservation movement in the United States and also kind of a worldwide approach and and there had been that wonderful photograph of the earth from outer space, that first photograph of the planet that made everybody think about oh we, we are floating on this fragile Ball in the darkness of space so you know you you had that sense that well the whole earth catalog was big back then you had the sense of being part of the whole earth
0: this week marks the 50th anniversary of earth day
1: don't make me feel old come on i was was, yes i was in college 50 years ago
0: (laughs) well i I, because i was going to ask what um comes to mind for you when you think of the fact that this is the 50th anniversary what's something that you'll be keeping in mind this week
1: It's particularly poignant right now because we're all at home and lots of people are going out and walking and uh, going to beaches and woods and parks and and the natural world is welcoming us back. And and I've been just watching that things are still going on. The spring migrations, the birds are flying through, the loons have come back to our lake, things are getting greener, trees are budding out. The natural world is, is sort of not caught up in the pandemic. Things are still going on and the whole natural world is continuing with or without us but unfortunately humans continue to affect the natural world in negative ways you know and and uh, 50 years ago we weren't talking about global climate change for example 50 years ago we weren't polluting in the in the amounts that we are today so it's it's we haven't really won <laughs> it's not like earth day has caused everyone to live in a better way on the earth i mean look who we've got for president he's undoing all the uh Environmental regulations that were, that were some of which were passed back then, even when Nixon was president, some of the best environmental laws were passed when Nixon was president. and our current president is undoing all of those things. Uh, so humans aren't necessarily the best species on the planet. I mean the Pope, the Pope last week said that maybe the, the virus was the planet's revenge on the humans. that you know, I'm paraphrasing, but you know he, he suggested that the virus might be Gaia uh, stepping in. The circumstances with with people dying all around the planet it's a very unfortunate time, and yet people are are reconnecting with the natural world which is a positive thing so maybe you know I, I like people who are thinking that when we come out of the pandemic we'll be changed
0: how do you think you yourself will be changed after after this
1: I'm trying to use the time creatively you know i'm I've got this blog where i'm putting up a, a home from Maine every day for the month. And I'm I'm reading a lot and trying to figure out, well, I'm constantly trying to figure out what's, what's happening around me and being part of the, uh, my, our bookstore is called Gulf of Maine Books. And it's really, we see ourselves as part of the whole Gulf of Maine and not the state of Maine. In 1973, I was living with a poet named Gary Snyder in California. And the big idea back then was bioregional consciousness and watershed consciousness and connecting to a larger sense of where you were rather than human imposed political boundaries and this virus is an incredible example of how those boundaries just don't work they don't stop anything no wall is going to stop them
0: is there anything else that you would like to share about this poem that you've read and just its meaning for you
1: the basic idea is that every place where you are if you just spend a little time opening yourself to that place Everything is happening there. you know there's stuff happening below your feet. There's stuff happening up in the sky. there's stuff happening at, at the human level. you know it's all going on with or without us. you know there, there are migrations happening. you know, turtles are coming up. There are vertical and horizontal migrations going on right now. so there are creatures who are coming up from the mud up to the surface. There are plants that are coming up. There are birds who are coming through. there are fish who are coming back. and where, where we live we're just a few miles from Scotta Mills. So in a month, the alewives will be coming back in huge numbers and it's a, it's a great moment. And and you know, it's a great moment if you drive by and roll your windows down. If you hear birds screaming, you stop because the fish are in and there are ospreys and eagles and, and uh, many, many seagulls all there because the fish are back. And that occurs, you know, the same time every year with or without us. Unfortunately, humans have made it harder to happen, but now we're paying for our sins and rebuilding fish ladders and, and you know making it possible for the fish to come back, which is another celebratory event.
0: Some folks from NRCM and I we went to the Spasticook River. There's a fish elevator there and it's like a silver river.
1: In Damerscott Mills we have a party and people gather at the river and there's there's food and music and we welcome the fish back. That probably won't happen this year, but but we'll in our hearts we'll be welcoming the fish back because it is a sign of, of the renewal of the earth. And the fact that human beings in the last decade here have raised over a million dollars to rebuild a fish run that makes it possible and much more comfortable for the fish to get back shows that there are people who are willing and eager to to help those creatures return. That's a good sign.
0: Thank you so much to Gary Lawless. He's the author of 21 collections of poetry, And he and his wife, Beth Leonard, own Gulf of Maine Books in Brunswick. Thank you so much for listening to Frontline Voices. You can listen to more poetry readings on our website, nrcm.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thanks so much.